Hey, Sarah here. Summer is fast approaching, and here's what I propose. A relaxed and simple summer that offers just enough structure to keep those long, sticky days from melting into chaos, and just enough fun to keep your kids asking for more. Also, fairy tales. Lots of fairy tales. (laughs) I'm teaching a free workshop called Three Simple Steps to a Fairy Tale Summer, and I would love for you to join me. Save your free seat at the workshop by texting the word fairy tale, all one word, to the number 33777. See you there. listening to the Read Aloud Revival Podcast. This is the podcast that helps you make meaningful and lasting connections with your kids through books. Hey, 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 Sarah McKenzie here with a brand new season of the Read Aloud Revival Podcast for you. This is season 10. We have a great lineup of guests for you this season, including Folks like Sally and Nathan Clarkson, Jim Hodges, Sally Lloyd-Jones, some really fabulous authors. Yeah, you're going to want to stick around. If you're new to the Read Aloud Revival podcast, welcome. On this podcast, we're dedicated to helping parents make meaningful and lasting connections with their kids through books. And we're really, really glad you're here. You are in great company. The Read Aloud Revival podcast has been downloaded over one and a half million times in tens of thousands of homes all over the world. Now, it's a new year and we've got some great things coming down the Read Aloud Revival pipeline. You don't want to miss any of our upcoming free resources, including updates to our listeners favorite, the Read Aloud Revival book list. So to get access to that book list, updates on the book list, as well as the best resources we have to help you connect with your kids through books you want to head to readaloudrevival.com and pop your email into the page there. That way you won't miss a thing and you definitely won't be wondering what you should read next with your kids. (laughs) Our book list takes all that guesswork out of choosing your next read aloud. We are super focused on helping you ensure that your next read aloud is a big hit. We think our list will help you do that. Readaloudrevival.com is where you pop your email in for all of that. Now, I want to kick off season 10 today with something of a bonus episode. Today, I want to share with you the writers who I think are publishing some of the very best books today. There are two swings of the pendulum I see a lot of. One swing of pendulum is where parents and teachers don't really care what kids are reading as long as they're reading, as if the simple act of reading, no matter what it is, is worthwhile and beneficial for children. And I don't actually think that describes you, probably, if you're listening to this podcast, (laughs) but just in case it does. I want to assure you that it does matter. It matters a lot what your child is reading. Just like it matters what kind of food your kids put into their bodies, it matters a lot what kind of food your child puts into his or her soul. And that's what happens when we read. Look, every human gravitates towards story. It's how we were made. It's how we tick. It's a universal human condition to be disposed towards stories. The question is, where do we want our kids to get their stories? Humans are predisposed towards stories, and so they're looking for them. They're seeking them out. It's why the movie business, the movie industry is, you know, billions of dollars worth because they make billions of dollars worth of stories that we watch on the big screen. 
Most homes turn on the TV at night. Why? Because they're looking for stories. They want to be told a story. A sports game is a story. A sitcom is a story. A movie is a story. A conversation with a friend oftentimes is just filled with stories. As parents, we have the privilege and the responsibility of choosing where our children get their stories. So if you feel like you aren't often guiding your child toward better reading material because you're not really sure what's worthwhile and what's not, most especially if you're not sure what's worthwhile that's being published today, then this episode is for you. I'm going to share with you some of my favorite authors who are publishing wonderful books today. Now, there's something else that I hear quite a bit as well, particularly in the homeschooling community. And as we have a lot of homeschooling families listening to this podcast, this one's especially pertinent. It's the idea that old books are better than new books. (laughs) Did I ruffle your feathers yet? Let's unpack this a bit. There's an idea out there, maybe you hold this idea too, that books that were published in, say, the 1950s or earlier are pretty much automatically better than books that are published today. And while there are truly a lot of outstanding old books, in fact, many on our own Read Aloud Revival book list would fit that description, that time period, I would like to encourage anyone who has the tendency to feel like old books are basically always better than new books or anyone who is suspicious that children's publishing isn't putting out anything good today. I really want to challenge that. And that's because the truth is some of the best children's books ever written are being published right now. Now, this is not to say that the old wonderful books, the classics, the books that we hold dear and we know to be some of the best children's literature ever written, This is not to bring them down or to say they're not all they're cracked up to be. (laughs) Not at all. In this podcast episode, I am not trying to degrade the wonderful classic children's literature that graces our kids' bookshelves at all. What I am trying to do is widen our community's experience of literature. If you're only allowing your kids to read older books, or if you have a tendency to feel like their reading older books is more worthwhile than them reading new ones, I would like to challenge that. I'd like to just take a second and really think through why that may not actually be true and help you find the best children's books that are being published today. Now, I'm going to give you a list of books in this episode, and I'll tell you what, I'm not going to give you every excellent, awesome book that's being published today because that would take us a really long time. There's a lot of really, really wonderful stuff being published today, but I am going to give you a few of my favorites, and that's because I would really like to see that if you have a suspicion about some of these new books and think, I don't know, I just don't see anything good coming out of the children's publishing market, I think maybe you might be looking in the wrong direction. In fact, when I've had some conversations with people who are generally suspicious of children's book publishing and generally think older books are better than newer books, it becomes apparent to me that they're not actually reading the best books for kids. They see what's turned out at the supermarket, the big box stores, you know, what the marketers are putting face out on those bookshelves at the stores, but they're not actually seeing what or reading what's winning a Newbery or some of the best, most transformative and magical books that are coming out today. And they're being written by people who are alive and writing amazing work right now. I think that's worth celebrating. And I think that we should all rally around them and support them and the beautiful, wonderful work that they're doing because the wonderful books that are being published today are going to become the classics of tomorrow. Children do need excellent books that address the world as it is today. I believe it is absolutely essential for our children to read books about kids who live in a world that's similar to their own. Of course, they also need to read books about children who are living in a world very 
different from their own. This is what Grace Lynn meant in her TED Talk when she talked about how children's books serve as both mirrors and windows. Mirrors in that they show you life and a character's world that looks very similar to your own and help you process your own world and live with heroic virtue and be inspired to be the hero or heroine of your own story. But also not just mirrors, but windows into worlds that look different than your own so that you can develop the kind of empathy and compassion that will serve our world so much that our world is so starving for, right? If we want our kids to slip into another man's shoes and to really grow in empathy and compassion, to be inspired to be the heroes and heroines of their own stories, then we need to give them stories of fantasy, stories from yesterday, stories of long ago, and stories today. There's a common concern I hear from a lot of parents about modern books addressing modern issues, but I really think there's a danger in saying that kids' books shouldn't tackle hard issues that are relevant to our kids today. That's because books have the ability to help our kids develop compassion for others in situations that are not their own. Shoot, books help me as an adult have compassion for others who live very differently than I do. And I really believe that new books, the best ones anyway, They will be able to nourish our child's moral imagination, even in the midst of modern issues, issues that are hard and maybe uncomfortable and don't show up in those old books because they weren't relevant to that time period. This is supremely important to helping our kids understand that moral reality still stands. Just like in those old classics that we love, those old family classics like Little Women and All of a Kind Family and cheaper by the dozen. And I just, I can think of a million of them. The moral reality stands in those old days, but it also stands today in the world in which they live in today. Here's the thing. There are truly brilliant authors doing magnificent work today, publishing amazing, wonderful children's books right now at this very moment. So if you're holding to either swing of that pendulum I was talking about, the one side of the pendulum thinking that any book is better than no book as long as your kids are reading, it doesn't matter what they're reading, or the other side of the pendulum that says your children can only read the old best classics because anything else is inferior, I want to encourage you to seek out some work by the best writers of today. Now, I know that when you go to a big box chain bookstore or to like a Target or a Walmart, you're seeing particular books facing out on the shelves. You've got to just ignore that. (laughs) You need to know, first of all, that publishers pay a pretty penny for that space. It's marketing, right? It's exactly like when you go to the grocery store and certain brands pay to be at eye level and not to be on the bottom or the top shelves, okay? It's the same thing in the book world. Publishers pay an enormous amount of money to have that front and center space in bookstores. So if your idea of, well, the only books being published today are character-based or based on TV or are, you know, not awesome, it's probably because marketing has made you think so (laughs) based on what they're putting out in front of you rather than what is truly the best stuff being published today. So on today's show, I'm going to give you a handful of authors to choose from. And my challenge to you is to try to read, just read one of these books with your kids or maybe on your own and see if you aren't surprised. If you have that idea that there isn't good literature being published for children today, I am going to challenge you today. (laughs) I want to take you on. I want you to try something from this list and then come back and tell me what you think. I am totally determined to debunk this idea 
that no great books are being published today because it's just dead wrong. And anyone who's reading today's best children's books knows it. Listen, tomorrow's classics are being written today. And I'll be darned if some of the books on this list aren't among them. Now, before I launch in, I want to be clear. There are so many amazing and truly gifted writers. I could not possibly include them all on this list. So this is a very short list because I really wanted to give you a list that I think you could grab any book from this list and then just tell me, what do you think? This is tomorrow's classic or not? This is just dipping your toe in. It's not a comprehensive list. Use this list to help choose books for your kids that will transform them. If you feel like you don't really know what a good book looks like, pick one of these. Use this list to disabuse yourself of that idea that no good books are being published today. Here's something else. Excellent picture books by today's authors and illustrators abound, and we are very committed to great picture books at the Read Aloud Revival. In fact, we have monthly lists that showcase some of the best picture books for each month around the year. And if you haven't seen those, you just need to go to rarbooklist.com. That's R-A-R, like Read Aloud Revival. rarbooklist.com to get access to those. We update that every single month. We have an awesome picture book list of the best books for reading that particular month based on whatever theme we've chosen. But today's list, we're going to focus on books for middle grades and up. It's different than a picture book list. Not where we don't have any picture books on this list today. Now, you don't have to keep track of all these books as I start rattling them off. They're all in the show notes. Head to readaloudrevival.com, look for the bonus episode in season 10, and you'll be able to grab the whole book list there. We'll have easy to click links for you there and you don't have to stop what you're doing. Stop folding laundry, stop walking the dog, pull over on the side of the road, (laughs) whatever it is you're doing to jot down these titles. We've already done it for you. We'll get back to the show in just a minute. At the beginning of today's episode, I mentioned that what I propose for this summer is a relaxed and simple plan that offers just enough structure to keep your days from melting into chaos and just enough fun to keep your kids asking for more. And what summer wouldn't be much, much better with a whole bunch of fairy tales? Well, I'm teaching a free workshop called Three Simple Steps to a Fairy Tale Summer And here's what we're going to talk about. First, how reading fairy tales can make your summer easier. Yes, easier. We want to take things off your plate this summer, not put more on, right? (laughs) Fairy tales can make your summer easier and more fun. I'm also going to share the fairy tales I recommend for every age and the tippy top thing you can do to make sure your kids make delightful memories this summer. It is way less work and way less pressure than you think. The free workshop is happening live online on May 7th, 2024, and you can save your free seat by texting the word fairy tale, all one word, to the number 33777. And yes, there's a replay, so make sure you register even if you can't join us live on May 7th. Again, text the word fairy tale, all one word, to the number 33777. Okay, you ready? The first author I want to highlight is Andrew Peterson. Andrew Peterson, uh, you probably know because he's a famous musician, but he's also the writer of the Wingfeather Saga, which starts with The Dark Sea of Darkness. It's a set of four books, actually five, I believe now. And he describes it himself as the princess bride meets Lord of the Rings. And I think that's a pretty great description. In fact, 
I would say if you consider Chronicles of Narnia classics, try Andrew Peterson's The Wing Feather Saga. You will be blown away. Next up, Linda Sue Park. Now, I am a major Linda Sue Park fan. She's written a lot of incredible books. But specifically today, I want to highlight A Single Shard, which won a Newbery Award. This is a story about, gosh, courage, loyalty, perseverance. It's set in Korea. And I would say if you like books like Johnny Tremaine or books where there's really an inspiring story of a mentor and an apprentice, then A Single Shard is one that you should give a chance. I read it, could barely put it down, enjoyed it so much. Another book is The Rise and Fall of Mount Majestic. And this one is by Jennifer Trafton. We read this. This would be my favorite read aloud of 2016. Of every single thing that I read to my kids in 2016, this was the most fun. I would say if you like George MacDonald's Princess and the Goblin, Princess and Curdy books, if you like Inesbit's Five Children and It, yeah, you're going to like Rise and Fall of Mount Majestic. It is, oh, fantasy. Uh, but it's not intense. It's funny. It's silly in the best possible way. And so you can read this one with a child whose older siblings maybe like Lord of the Rings and Chronicles of Narnia. And But this one is much less intense. My daughter, who's four, listened to this one with us and she loved the whole thing. But I read it to my 15, 13 and 11 year olds and they loved it too. So that's The Rise and Fall of Mount Majestic by Jennifer Trafton. The Penderwicks. Have you not read The Penderwicks yet? <laughs> I love The Penderwicks. The first book in The Penderwicks series easily makes it to my very top, tippy-top list of the best children's books being published today. This one is written by Jeannie Birdsall. I love, love this book. I have yet to meet a child who did not love this book. I would say if you like The Railway Children by E. Nesbitt or Gone Away Lake by Elizabeth Enright, you'll enjoy The Penderwicks. It's a classic in the making for sure. S.D. Smith is a Read Aloud Revival favorite author. In fact, he was on the Read Aloud Revival. You can listen to his episode if you go to readaloudrevival.com and look for the older episode podcast episodes. He's written Green Ember, Ember Falls, The Black Star of Kingston. You want to start with The Green Ember. This is another one for anyone who loves The Chronicles of Narnia. It's fantasy. It's a little more intense then The Rise and Fall of Mount Majestic by Jennifer Trafton. So I would say it's for a little bit of an older audience than that one if you have sensitive kiddos. If you don't, then you could read it with your young kids. I know plenty of four, five, and six-year-olds who have heard it with their siblings. And S.D. Smith is definitely a favorite around here. Okay, so The Incorrigible Children of Ashton Place. Have you read this book yet? Oh my word. This is by Mary Rosewood. I love this book so much that we're having Mary Rosewood on for an author access event in 2017 in Read Aloud Revival membership so that our Read Aloud Revival members, kids, can meet her. This one will completely surprise you that it wasn't written a long time ago. It is so wonderful. The language is just delightful. It is perfect, by the way, to read with your best British accent. (laughs) If you love Mary Poppins, Try this. If your kids enjoyed the Nanny McPhee movies, try reading The Incorrigible Children of Ashton Place. Will not disappoint. It's a whole series. That's just the first one. The Mysterious Howling is book number one. Okay, so one of the best children's book authors today undoubtedly is Kate DiCamillo. I love her work. Now, here's the thing about Kate's books. 
Kate's books are always sad. (laughs) They're always, except for her Mercy Watson books, which are completely delightful. All of her middle grade novels have definitely an element of sadness. They definitely have something deep happening. They're not light reading in that they're not kind of lighthearted, but there are usually lots of places to laugh. They're funny, deep, they're meaningful. They're the kinds of books that I think kids will read and then they'll grow up and go, that's a book that really shaped me or helped turn me into a reader. The one I'm going to highlight today was really hard to pick just one, but the one I want to highlight today is Because of Winn-Dixie, which I think is one of her best. Tried to think of a classic that I could compare it to for you, but it's really unlike anything else you'll read. So I don't know that I can, <laughs> but she's got lots and lots. You can really pick anything by Kate DiCamillo and you will be, you know, pleased. But Because of Winn-Dixie, I think is one of her best. Another favorite around here at the Read Aloud Revival is Avi. And we had Avi on for an author access event. In fact, if you haven't seen it, you can go into the Read Aloud Revival shop at readaloudrevival.com slash shop. And you can grab the video replay of Avi in our membership, talking to kids in our community. It was amazing. He is just the dearest man. Poppy is my own favorite of his books. And although I, you know, I think the true confessions of Charlotte Doyle is another one that will very likely make its way onto many classics lists in the future. I really think Poppy is one of his best works. It's an entire series. I would just start with the one called Poppy itself. I don't think that's the first in the series. That's still the one I'd start with. It makes a really great audiobook in the car. And oh gosh, I'm trying to think of one to compare it to. I would say if your kids or if you consider Mrs. Frisbee and the Rats of Nim as a classic that you enjoy, you'll enjoy Poppy as well. Okay, so far I've told you all living authors, and I'm going to keep doing that in just a second. But this one author just passed away in October of 2016, but it's definitely worth highlighting here on our best writers of today because some of her books are just outstanding. Tuck Everlasting and The Search for Delicious, written by Natalie Babbitt. Natalie Babbitt is an amazing writer, and I really feel like if you are a family that loves fairy tales, if you love reading like Andrew Lang's fairy tales or grim fairy tales, Natalie Babbitt's novels are just spectacular. Tuck Everlasting is so rich. I read that one with my kids and then we watched the movie afterwards and we kind of compared them just in casual conversation. We weren't like drawing Venn diagrams or anything, but we were just talking about what was similar, what was different about the book. And it's a book that will stay with you. And she tackles some very, very meaningful themes in her books in just the most delightful of ways. Search for Delicious is a great example of that. Basically, a kingdom is in out of sorts because people have a different opinion about what is delicious. And so they have to embark, the characters in the book have to embark on a journey to figure out what is delicious. What is the true meaning of delicious? It is a really fun read aloud. Okay, so here's a great example of someone who is writing classics. Undoubtedly, anybody would put Sarah Plain and Tall on a list of classics, right? Patricia McLaughlin is an excellent example of a living author who is writing just amazing books, nailing it over and over again. Sarah Plain and Tall, in fact, that whole series is an excellent example of that. So next time you hear someone say, well, publishers just aren't publishing anything good or there aren't any living you know, authors who are doing amazing work, you can just hand them Sarah Plain and Tall and ask them what they think of that. <laughs> Another author who I have just recently discovered because so many people in the Read Aloud Revival community have told me about her is Claire Vanderpool. I read Navigating Early, a really moving book. I have not yet read Moon Over Manifest, although my oldest daughter has. 
easily is one of her favorite books. She said it just makes it right to the top. I would say if you like Mark Twain, if you consider Mark Twain's classics as just totally worth worthy, you want to try Claire Vanderpool. That's my impression anyway, after reading Navigating Early. If you're a Huck Finn fan, try Navigating Early and see what happens. They're not similar in time period or plot. They're just similar in tone or something. I'm not even really sure. I'm, I'm trying to like pinpoint why that is, but it's a really, truly beautiful novel. Lois Lowry is another excellent living author who's just knocking it out of the park. Of course, if you haven't read Number of the Stars, which is the story of the Danish resistance in World War II, it is so moving. Really a fast read aloud, but one that will stick with your kids and give you great opportunities for some meaningful discussions. Of course, her book, The Giver, it is a book that will give you some of the richest conversations with your kids about the nature of humanity and the role of compassion and the role of government in the lives of the people and what it means to be autonomous and what it means to do right in the face of injustice. It is a very, very good book, definitely for your older set, not for your real young kids. Okay, so if you haven't listened to episode 57 of the Read Aloud Revival podcast, you want to do that because Jonathan Auxier joins me. That's my favorite episode. I'm going to just unabashedly say... (laughs) My 13-year-old Allison helped me interview Jonathan Auxier for that, and it was so much fun. I thought maybe it was just my own perception, but my team told me it was one of their favorites. And then when we posted it, we heard so many people on Instagram and Facebook and in the show notes tell us, oh yeah, this was awesome. Jonathan Auxier is the author of Peter Nimble and His Fantastic Eyes and Sophie and the Last of the Story Guard. I read Peter Nimble. Sophie and the Last of the Story Guard is next on my reading pile, right next to my, my nightstand. And just, I, you know what? Like I started reading Peter Nimble and His Fantastic Eyes and realized I'm going to have to read this book with my commonplace journal right next to me. There's not your ordinary fantasy books. So many rich, deep, meaningful things happening there in the most delightful way. You find yourself copying out passages and laughing out loud and stopping and thinking, whoa, what just happened there? So if you are not sure about today's children's book authors, you need to listen to episode 57. <laughs> Acquaint yourself with Mr. Auxier and tell me what you think then. I was really blown away. And I think Jonathan is an excellent example of an author who is just nailing it. Here's another one. Another one who's been on the episode or on the Read Aloud Revival podcast too. He was on episode 44 and that's N.D. Wilson, who's the author of a gazillion books. The one I want to highlight today is 100 Cupboards. When you hear N.D. Wilson on episode 44 talk about the role of magic in stories what his intent is in writing fantasy for children, and why he thinks it's so critically, critically important for particularly for Christians to be reading good fantasy, it will knock your socks off. N.D. Wilson, episode 44, just magical. And really, he's written several books for adults, Death by Living, Notes from a Tilt-A-Whirl, that will really, really make an impression on you. But for your kids, 100 cupboards, that's about as good as a scary book can get. Okay, so are you convinced yet? Here's the thing. Books are a gateway. They give us occasion to talk about the good stuff, the hard stuff, the ugly, the beautiful, the evil, the overwhelmingly good, all the wonderful things about the world and all the worst possible things about what we do with the world. When we share stories with our kids, especially the best stories we can find, We create an opportunity to have really meaningful conversations with our kids about books. 
and to transform them and shape them. I would love to know what you thought about this list, what you would add to it. So you can head to the podcast show notes to tell me those are going to be up at readaloudrevival.com. Just look for the bonus episode. And I want to encourage you to read the best books coming out of the publishing world today. You can always come here to the Read Aloud Revival. We're reading them voraciously so we can help you know what is best coming right off the presses. Start with any of these and that should give you hope and encouragement that some of the best books ever written for children are being written right now. Now it's time for Let the Kids Speak. This is my favorite part of the podcast, where kids tell us about their favorite stories that have been read aloud to them. My name is Charlie. How old are you? Four. And where do you live? Dubai. Dubai. What's your favorite book? Two when he goes to school. Two's First Day at School by Neil Gaiman and Adam Rex. Why do you like this book? Because I like the cheetah of two. His classmate, the cheetah? Yeah. Do you like cheetahs? Yeah. Do you like books about animals? Yeah. What does Chu do in the book? He sneezes. <laughs> my name is Anston, and I'm four, and I'm from Indiana. My favorite book is Apple Farmer Annie, because she makes applesauce in Little House in the Book of Woods. Hi, I'm Aiden. I'm six years old. I live in Joe, Missouri. My favorite book is Carol Wildings. And my favorite part is just uh, those coins jumped from the treasure box. And because they were royal to the, the King of Wildings. And Joe jumped from the King Normus's clown. Hi, I'm Allison. And I'm from Jerwood, Missouri, and I'm four years old, and my favorite book is Library Lion, and my favorite part is when a little girl asks Miss Mary whether if the lion is quiet, can the lion be here for story time tomorrow? Hi, my name is Sam, and I'm five years old, and... I live in Virginia, and my favorite book is Charlotte's Web. I like the book because Wilbur this pig was about to die when some men from a farm were trying to butcher him. This kind of a spider, it's called Charlotte, saved um, Wilbur's life from being butchered. And I like it again because he went to the county fair. I like that. Yeah. I like those stories most of all because it's about spiders and this little girl who raised the pig on a bottle and her name was Fern and her brother was named Avery and he tried to knock Charlotte down into a candy jar with a frog. My name is Hannah. I live in Seacoast, New Hampshire. I am 10 years old. I like Wings of Fire by Tui Sutherland. I like it because it has lots of action and the dragons are like humans and they talk. And has lots of mystery. It's a series, so I can always read that. Hi, my name is Allegra. I'm six years old. I live in Bend, Oregon. Sticks Across the Chimney is my favorite book. I like Siri and Eric because they helped her grandfather dig up the Viking King 
Hill's grave. Hi, my name is Wyatt. I am 10 years old and live in Bend, Oregon. My favorite book is The Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. My favorite part about the book is when the war is ended. My favorite character in the book is Adelaide because he represents Jesus. What's your name? James. How old are you? Where do you live? Indiana. And what's your favorite story to read together? My Gun <laughs> Which Frog and Toad story is your favorite? The one that the charcoal ice cream melt on cake. Does that make you laugh? Yeah. Can we say bye-bye? Bye-bye. My name is Sadie, and I'm four years old, and I live in California. And my favorite book is a book with, without pictures. And my favorite part is when they say poo-poo, but it's so funny, and I really like it because I, I just like that part. Because like every time a little brother says it, I always say it. Hi, my name's Michaela. I'm six years old. I'm from California. And my favorite book is The House in the Woods because when the mom and dad dance together, it's like you. That's why I like it. Oh, that was fun. Thanks, kids. I love, love, love hearing from you. Hey, if your kids haven't left a message to be aired on the Read Aloud Revival, they can do that by going to readaloudrevival.com, scrolling to the bottom of the page. It's very, very easy to do. You'll see just how easy when you go leave a message yourself. You can coach your child right through that message. You can have them repeat after you, or you can ask them the questions. We do editing on our end before it goes up. So don't feel like that message has to be polished and perfect in order to send to us. We're happy to clean it up and put it on air. We just love hearing from your kids. Hey, we're wrapping up the 2017 31-Day Read Aloud Challenge. If you haven't seen any of this yet, you've got to head to social media and search for the hashtag RAR31 Days. This is so much fun. We're giving away over $1,000 in prizes to 50 lucky participants. If you're participating, don't forget to register for prizes at the end of the month. I'll send you an email to remind you. And if you're not participating because you didn't know it was coming, that's because you're not on the email list. So head to readaloudrevival.com and pop your email into the page there so you don't miss out on the fun things we do just like this all year long. Hey, I appreciate you so much. It's going to be a fantastic new season of the podcast. So grateful you're here. We'll be back in just one week. And we're going to be talking to Sally and Nathan Clarkson about how books and reading shaped his life as an out-of-the-box kid and her life as a mother who was handling an out-of-the-box kid. We'll be getting into it next week. Can't wait to see you there. Until then, go build your family culture around books.